Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged. Now here's today's message. I want to start um, with a question we can all answer. Uh, so there, this caused a bit controversy in the first service. So who here, and we'll let you guys answer too, um, likes Hallmark movies by a raise of hands? That, that says it. Okay, there's like a good chunk but it kind of like goes down. So Chelsea, I know that you're a huge fan. Can you share why? Notice all the women raised their hand. Most of the women were like, yes. Um, I just love Hallmark because they're feel-good movies. Let's be honest. We know what's going to happen from the very beginning. We know the girl's going to end up with a guy, and you could see it coming, but I feel like the world is so heavy. I don't watch TV very often, to be honest. So when I do, I want it to be like a feel-good, something that has a happy ending. yeah, I just love Hallmark. You can't go wrong. I, on the other hand, I despise Hallmark. <laughs> I don't let it in our household, to be honest, church. And uh, I'm, I'm into more realistic movies, you know, so Avengers, Star Wars, whatever that is, I'm into that. That's you know? okay. Jenny can come to my house to watch all the Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny doesn't like those type of movies, do you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about this later. We have one more question. Okay, one more question. And, you know... If the crowd has, a, has an answer, you could, you could shout your answer, church. Let's be lively today. But um, our second icebreaker question is, is a very serious one. What is your favorite? This will say a lot about you, so think about this. What is your favorite romantic comedy movie? John, you want to answer it for us? I actually changed my answer from earlier. It's Homeward Bound. Say that again? Homeward Bound. Can you want to explain the movie for us, please? It's uh, these dogs... They get lost, right? Wow, that's and okay. They, they have to make their way back home. And every, if you don't cry at the end of that movie, I don't know. I don't know what to Come say. On, are we, are we a dog? Seriously. Do we have a lot of dog people here at the church? Can you raise your hand? Woo! Where's the cat people at? Yeah, we got a healthy, growing church, Pastor Ron. We're our dog church. Amen. What about Chelsea? What's your favorite romantic comedy? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's so much comedy, but I love You've Got Mail. That's one of my favorites. It's a good movie. So it's like they meet over email at AOL? They meet over email, yeah. And, um, well, they, they get to know each other through email first, become friends, and then... Oh, that's a know, Hallmark one? No, it's not. Okay, I'll, I'm going to give that Hanks, one a try. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, really good combo. They also did Sleepless in Seattle, which is my other favorite movie. Go see it. That is a good one. That is a good They're one. They're oldie, oldie, but a goodie. My favorite is Princess Brides. I, I never get tired of watching that. And I love the line, mowage, mowage. Rocky won. Let's go. Adrian. Jenny, what's yours? Um, it's not really a romantic comedy, but it definitely just has a beautiful love story. It's really deep. I think everyone here should set aside time to watch it. It's called Up. It's like the best movie ever. If you watched it, you know it literally is absolutely beautiful, and it's, it really does describe my interests. Also got dogs in the movie, so people that love dogs, go see that. My favorite one is, it actually has Will Smith in it, and I believe that if they ever made a movie about me, Will Smith should play me. But anyways, Will Smith is in this romantic comedy called Hitch, and if you don't, have you never watched it, you should watch it. It's awesome. It's an awesome romantic comedy. Awesome. Well, th- thank you guys for answering the first, uh, first two questions. But we're going to dive in here. Um, 
and I'm going to direct this to John if you want to start us off. Yeah. One question was, I'm single and I'm currently struggling. How do I navigate this season? All right. So I can tell you that I've definitely been there, right? The str- there's a struggle, you know, and it's not easy. And I think that um, one thing that really has impacted my life is talking with someone about it, right? A leader in the church, seek godly wisdom because I have been someone who has thought I'm the only one going through this, right? And, and when I have spoken with someone about it, I realize everyone goes through this, you know? So literally like we can, the devil is a liar and he will, he'll get you to think that you're the only one going through something when in reality, there's so many people in the church that have gone through the struggle, you know? And, and just surrender everything to God, you know? Um, when you seek him first, he, everything else will follow. So, I would say um, spending time in the church is one of the best things that you can do in your single season. Really devote your life to the Lord. It's more difficult when you're married and you have kids. Your, your priorities can shift a bit. But I think it's so important to get rooted in the Lord and let let Jesus woo you in your single season. You have your whole life to be married, to be in a relationship. Single season is such a precious thing. It's so beautiful because you get to know who you are in the Lord. You get to spend time with just you and Jesus. Um, and a lot of people, I feel like, don't get that or don't savor it enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such a, it's such a beautiful season. So really getting to enjoy it and serve in ministry, make friends, serve as much as you can. It's, it's really important. That's wrong, Pastor Lord. Any wisdom, any insight? Okay. <laughs> question was, I'm so enamored single. by your answers. I forgot the question. <laughs> I'm single and currently struggling. How do I navigate this season? You know, I, I believe that inside of all of us, there's a longing to be loved and there's a vacuum that needs to be filled. But that could only be filled spiritually, first of all, if it's going to be healthy. And so your relationship with God has to fill that part of you. Because unless that part of you gets healed, whole, and you can live with just the Lord, who's everything, um, you're thinking that another person is going to satisfy you. And that will never happen. If that were the case, then there would be absolutely zero marital struggles. There'd be zero divorces. Because if marriage can fix something, then that would be the the end all. But that's not the case. And so I think, you know, the important thing is everything they said. That's why, you know, in in church, there's so many opportunities for us to be made whole. to To get prayer at the end of the service to get through the growth track class. So we tell people, listen, get, become part of the church. Don't attend. This, this is the body of Christ. This is where you get your, your spiritual, emotional health that makes you a whole person. Get into growth track. Move forward. Get involved. Start giving of yourself so that, that, that the need to fulfill that empty hole is the need for purpose. You're thinking it's a person. You're thinking you're single. I need a person. That's not what fills it. It's your, your love for the Lord getting whole and serving and giving your life to others. And that's where God does bring 
healthy relationships to you. Man, so good. I know you, you one, time, one time told me it's not about finding someone that will compl- uh, complete you. It's about finding someone that will compliment you. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, they love saying it in the Hallmark movies. <laughs> they love saying it in the romantic comedies. Uh, you complete me. That's why I love you so much. And that's honestly such a crazy statement. You know who also says that statement? The Joker to Batman. Every time Batman asks him, why did you just do this? He'll say, Batman, because you complete me. And that shouldn't be your answer, right? And uh, when you're navigating this, this season of singleness, the worst thing you can do is do this alone. And so for me, I, I made sure I surrounded myself with some great friends. The Bible talks about King David being surrounded by mighty men of God. And so when I decided that, you know, I got I to gotta make it to marriage as a virgin, I, I surrounded myself with, with men who were on that same mission. And so it, w- it was probably like 20 of us. And I, and I would work in jobs and they would ask me, somehow the question would come up and I would say, yeah, I'm a virgin. They would be like, how? How? And as I'm sharing my story, well, it's because of my church friends. We're all on that same mission to find a woman of God and to save ourselves. Whether we, whether we made a mistake in the past or not, we're trying to save ourselves. And, you know, the people at my job, they would say, you know what? You know, I gave myself up because all my other friends were doing it. I did things because all my other friends were doing it. So when you're in church, make sure you surround yourself with some good friends, some good leaders that will point you to God, point you to, to doing things the right way. Amen? Amen. So let's get into the second question. Uh, I'm new at to the church, how does dating work in God's house? How does dating work in God's house? And Chelsea, do you want to start us off? I was about to pass it off to John. (laughs) No. Um, I think first, when you're coming into church, don't be looking for someone else. I know the world has told us the exact opposite, right? That you need to, like they're saying, find someone to be complete. You need to, it's always the next level, right? You get married. Okay, what about the house? You have a house. What about the kids? You have kids. What about the grandkids? Like, it just never ends. But if we be satisfied in the season that we're in, that's the best thing you can do. So coming in, seeking Jesus and seeking what the Lord has for you first, kind of to the point of what Pastor Ron said too, you're never gonna be fully whole if you don't let the Lord work out what needs to be worked out of you. And you wanna bring your best into a relationship. So if you have a lot of brokenness, two broken people don't make a complete person at all. You have to be whole in Jesus. You have to find healing in Jesus and be complete. So singleness, why I love it is, yeah, the satisfaction, exactly. Um, the reason I love it is because it gives you that time to work on yourself, to better yourself. And even in marriage, too, you can, you can still take time to really let the Lord work things out of you, you know? Um, so when you're coming into church, I think the best thing is to get involved in the ministry, make friends. I mean, I'm so thankful. Some of our greatest friends are all in the church. Most of my friends And I look at my jobs, and most of them have their spouse and maybe one other friend. Um, I look at people that aren't in the church. They have very minimal friends, but I I feel so blessed. Like, I have a lot of true, valuable friends. They're not fake either. They're real, genuine friends. Call me out when I need to be called out. Speak truth to me. Love on me when I need love. Um, So I I just feel like when you come into church, focus on you and the Lord, the, the vertical love, and then this love will happen naturally what she said. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, you know, compared to the church, when you, when you look at dating in the world, um, they, people date and 
pretty much what they're doing is they're just trying this one out, trying that one out, and they make these emotional connections. And once they end up breaking up, it's like all little mini divorces that really break their hearts that they have to recover from. And then they get saved and they come into the house of the Lord. And it's like, um, what is different about the house of the Lord? And everything that was spoken about coming into the house and, and just focusing on the Lord and getting whole and serving. I'm repeating what was already said, but that's just so, so important. Um, over the last 10 years, we've attended well over 100 weddings. And I have to say maybe 95% of them met their mate in church. And what they were doing was just serving and giving their time and their energy to the Lord. And God brought someone next to them serving maybe in the same ministry. And that's how they got to know each other. And that's the Christian way to do it. I mean, is that true? Um, I was just wanting to add to that being new. I think just surround yourself with people and ask questions. When I, you know, felt like, okay, I do like Davey, but I just didn't want to go out, <laughs> go out with Davey and be like, well, I know what to do now. I'm going to date Davey. I went to my leaders and I asked, like, do you think I'm ready to date? Like, is there other areas in my life that maybe I'm blinded and I can't see that I need to work on? Because when you're dating, it doesn't mean like, if I'm not reading my Bible when I'm single, I'm not going to read it when I'm dating. I'm not going to read it when I'm married. Like, there's things that I need to work on. So I would say just surround yourself with people and um, ask questions. People that have wisdom and that you trust, not like your best friend that'd be like, yeah, girl, you ready to date. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a mess. Um, but just having people that you can have that open communication and can call you out on certain things and hold you accountable. Um, but before we move on to the next question, anything else to add? You good? Awesome. All right. So Pastor Ron, I'm going to ask you this question. This was directed about divorce. So can someone who is divorced marry again? That's a good question, a question often asked. You know, the, the answers that we give have to come from Scripture. It's not like an opinion, I think this, I think that. This is my opinion. Um, that's, that's what's different about uh, Christianity and living a godly life, is we know that the opinions of this world don't work. What your hairdresser tells you doesn't work. What I'm... Th- Uncle, I'm sorry, hairdressers. I mean, unless they're Christians, you know, unless they're giving you the word of the Lord. But, but um, the word of the Lord gives us, and the Lord Jesus himself, you know, talks about this topic. And because they, you know, the Pharisees and people of his day asked him about divorce. And uh, basically what the Bible teaches is if someone commits adultery, if your spouse commits adultery, God gives you an out um, because it's such a breach of trust. It's so hard to overcome for some people. Um, and, but let me say this. There's a higher way to live. It's called forgiveness. Forgiveness is what we all want, right? Jesus died because of our sin. And we receive forgiveness from him. We don't want him to hold back forgiveness. And so, and when you get for, forgiveness from God, you can only give what you have. Um, even couples who have experienced this, even in church, um, who've applied forgiveness because they thought their marriage was worth saving, their children were worth fighting for. Some of them who've experienced, you know, adultery, um, have, have some of the best marriages in the world. And God has used 
turn that thing around. And, and, and what they've gone through, they use to minister to others. Um, but that, that isn't out. And the, also the, the other out that the Bible says is if you're, you're living with somebody who tells you you cannot be a Christian, you cannot worship the Lord, um, and they stop you from following Jesus, um, the Bible talks about that and, and, and there's an out there because you don't ever know if that person will get saved. And, and your first allegiance is to Christ above everything. Above everything, our allegiance has to be to God, you know. Even when it comes to government, the government starts telling you, you can't worship God. You can't say this. You can't say that. You know, you have to be strong enough to say, wait a second, I'm not denying my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No, some countries, if you don't deny Christ, they kill you. You have to be able to say, kill me, you know. Um, but anyway, I hope that answers the question. And then the other, the other thing I mentioned this morning at the 9 o'clock service, there's a whole element of God's grace and forgiveness that I think is beyond our understanding. We all make mistakes. God requires repentance. Jesus said to the adulterous woman, I forgive you. I forgive you. Now go and sin no more. There's mistakes that people make, even in the ministry, you know. Um, but God loves marriage. He wants you to fight for it. But, you know, sometimes people break up for various reasons. And, but God knows your heart, and he knows sincere repentance. And, um, and we don't want to dis- discount the grace and mercy of God. Okay. Amen. Come on. Can we give it up for that wisdom right there? Thank you so much, Pastor Ron. Again, I just want to take a moment to encourage the people, you know, those, those cards that you have on your seat, they're there for a reason. If you have a question, make sure you write it down and drop it off at the Connect Corner. Um, and just to add on to what we were just talking about, uh, someone wrote this question in, all of my relationships in the past haven't worked out. How can I overcome the fear of trying again? John, you want to answer this question? Yeah, so I've definitely had failed relationships in the past. I've made a lot of mistakes, you know, before church. And even when you're in church, you make mistakes. You know, people were human. Um, So I would say that God is a healing God. He's a redeeming God. And there's there's no... healing that you need that God can't provide. Every, every single thing you've gone through, Jesus knows what it's like. He literally, that's one verse that's so powerful is Jesus said, or he, he knows all the suffering that we go through because he went through it, you know? So there is an answer to anything you're going through. And I would say, talk with people about it, you know, talk, seek godly counsel and come to the altar, right? Pray, time at the altar is so powerful. God speaks, ask for prayer. Um, sometimes you won't even ask for prayer. People will know what you need prayer for through the Holy Spirit, you know? So come to the altar, spend time with God, and he will show you that his ways are higher than yours. His plans are better than yours, and, and he has greater than we can even imagine for us. So when you seek him, he will give you that hope and that confidence in the future to know that, that your old relationships are not what God has for you. He has far greater than you can ever imagine, and, and restoration in Jesus' name. That's good. That's really good. 
Um, I would say make sure you're being spiritually led and not emotionally led. When it comes to relationships, we let our emotions dictate how we live. Um, You know, being of clear, sound mind in all of our decisions is really important. And if you are fearful, say you've been single for a while or, you know, in any aspect of life, it takes a leap of faith sometimes and just knowing that the Lord has the best for you. He's going to take care of you. Um, Pastor Steve said a phrase once, and I love it, but he said, faith is believing in advance what makes sense in reverse. And I love, I've always remembered it because it's sometimes you do have to take that leap of faith and then you look back and you're like, oh, it made total sense that I did that. Faith is taking, faith is believing in advance what makes sense in reverse. You look back and you're like, oh, that, that, that makes sense. But in the moment, it didn't make sense. It was scary. But walking with the Lord, I'll be honest, is scary. It does take a leap of faith. Um, and just knowing, but the Lord has the best for you in all seasons. So whatever area it is, whether you're single, married, whatever situation, just trust in the Lord because he has the best for you. He loves you so much. You know, I really felt earlier during worship that um, there's somebody here that needs to know that the Lord loves you. No matter how deep your hurts are or what you've gone through, he loves you. There's nothing that he can't redeem or do for you. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but you are so deeply loved. Um, We all mess up. We all fall short, but the Lord loves you and wants to take this next step step of faith with you. Just an agreement. Just check to all that. That's awesome. Um, The next question is, how does someone find a healthy relationship in today's culture? We mentioned church. There's social gatherings. There was a question about dating apps. Can we hear maybe some insight on that from Chelsea, if you want to start, or John? Or... (laughs) Um, I would say... um that I have been in an unhealthy, before I came to church, I was in an unhealthy relationship, you know, and I know what it's like. And we were literally created to be in a relationship with God. So that has to be first, right? Our relationship with God has to be first. And if your relationship with God is first, you're going to be in church, you know, you're going to be serving in church. And that is by far the greatest place on earth beyond compare of where to find a relationship, right? And like they said earlier, many people said, um, one of my leaders always said, and it it stuck with me and I truly believe it, that you serve, serve, serve God's house with all your heart and focus on him. And one day you'll look over and like Pastor Lori said, and there will be someone right alongside you serving God's house with you. Um, I feel like the world, again, pushes that you're only complete when you're in a relationship. Um, I'm sure anyone can attest whenever you go to a family gathering, oh, are are you dating anyone yet? Are you okay? Like you're broken if you're not in a relationship, you know? Like you're not, you're not doing all right. There's something wrong, you know? But actually, no, I'm great. I got Jesus. I'm living my life. I'm traveling. I got friends. I'm doing great. I'm living my best life right now. Amen. So um, I think it's a to be cautious in how you're doing dating apps, any of those things, because where's your heart at? Why are, what are you, what are you grasping at? What, what's the root of it? Are you feeling lonely? Because there's a difference between loneliness and singleness. Singleness is a status. You're a single person. Loneliness, you're never alone. First of all, you have Holy Spirit and you have Jesus with you always. So you are never alone. So that's a lie from the enemy right there. 
Um, but singleness, it can feel isolating sometimes, but that's why it's so important to get involved around good people, get involved in a ministry, make some friends, join a crew. Um, again, some of my best friends are, are in the church. So it's so important to do that, but just make sure if you are gonna start dating that you do it in a right manner, that you do it with purpose, uh, that there's intention behind it and you're just not doing it just to fill a void. Get that void filled by Jesus first and then God will bring the right person around to you. Um, I just wanted to add to that for the, actually, before I add to it, can we speak more to the dating apps? Because I feel like that's like a little bit deeper, especially in today's culture. Um, because some people feel like, well, I come to church. I don't see anybody. I haven't met anyone. Like I've been in the waiting and you kind of feel like you want to use those. You get there, you know? So I really want to touch on that a bit more before we move on. I think um, with online dating, there's just such a strong red flag of caution because when you use that as your source to find a mate, um, you're stepping outside of covering. Um, who is the person they could say and put the best, best picture, best profile, but who are they really? Um, you know, we've known past, right, past the woman that we knew, Linda, relationships, and literally there were so many red flags that went up. She found a guy, an older middle-aged woman, and moved away to be with him, and she had two little girls, and it ended in divorce, and he, he, he cleaned out her banking account, and against all counsel, she just got connected with him emotionally, and it just turned out really bad, and so that's, there's no covering, there's no protection, and so I just put a strong caution out there. Um, they might even be part of a church, and you might be able to go and talk to the pastor and say, who is this person really? And um, maybe they went purposely because they went on a Christian site because they want a good girl, but their intentions aren't pure, and they might even attend a church just to put that front up. I mean, we live in an evil and wicked world, and so just I just say put your you know uh, your feelers out there. And personally, I, I just don't think it's a good idea for protection sake because I have a daughter that's single, and I can't imagine her going online and meeting somebody and meeting them somewhere because we just live in a wicked world these days. So good. Um, next question, uh, just to go on top of that. Someone asked, what do I do if my boyfriend or girlfriend does not want to commit to marriage? Pastor Ron, do you want to provide some insight on that? Well, as a believer, we should consider um, entering into a place of want to call it dating, right? After there's been friendship. Everyone needs, like if you're, if you're in the house of the Lord and, and, and you're abiding by biblical principles and you're involved, God puts so many people around you to help you as a single. Matter of fact, in Psalm, in Proverbs 15:22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so I assume, you know, when someone asks that question, because someone did ask that question in a card, um, they've been, they entered a relationship wrongly. Because you don't enter into a relationship with someone who's not planning to get married. That's what dating is. Friendship is, hey, we can just hang out, you know, like I hang out with this one and this one. That's friendship, which should always be first. But if you're going to pursue a relationship, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, that's all about marriage. 
It's all about marriage. Because you shouldn't be in that place uh, unless you're ready to be married because you're going to s- s- steal someone's heart and break their heart when you say, well, I'm not, I'm not in this for marriage. And the world say, I'm not in this for marriage. I'm just in this for you know what. That's godlessness. Matter of fact, the, the, the Bible like warns harshly saying fornic- fornicators will not go to heaven. That means, you know, intimacy outside of marriage. You can't live in that. You die in that state. You know, again, we have to read the Bible, and it's not opinion. Well, I don't think that's right. Well, who are you? Are you God? I look at the Bible and say, I, I, I better live by this because I, I know I'm going to be judged. There's a heaven, there's a hell. And so you shouldn't be in that place, right? And so if you're in a place where someone says, I'm not going to get married, why are you in that relationship? You know, why? And I guarantee you, if you're in that place, you're already likely in sin, 99, and you need to get out of that because God has way better for you, way better for you. I remember when I was dating Lori, um, you know, we did it the right way. And I remember uh, going to my brother-in-law, who was kind of her dad, who raised her, and I said, hey, I want to give Lori... Now, this is back in the old days, okay? I don't know if you do this anymore. And it might be cultural. We used to give, like, a hope chest. Does anyone remember that hope chest? No? Okay, some of you do. All right. You guys are over 30. You know, so I say, hey... Uh, his name was Ron. Ron, I want to give Lori a hope chest. A hope chest was, it, is, it was a beautiful piece of furniture that you'd give your future bride and, and family members would give stuff for the wedding. They'd give you sheets for the bed, all kinds of towels. And, and they do that in Italy all the time. So by the time you get married, you have all this stuff ready. And he goes to me, yeah, you can give it to her, but let me just say one thing. There's no hoping around here until I see the rock. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I have to have a home by 10, let me tell you. But, um, but anyway, so you shouldn't be in that place. Like, the, you're worth more than that. So you need to be, dating is about marriage. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to test to this a little bit, because this is part of my testimony when I first came to the church. Um, I was dating a guy, and I we was on fire for God. I started coming to church, and I would leave like on this high from Sunday because I was encountering the Lord, and it was it was a beautiful, really beautiful season. But then I was with someone who wasn't really coming to church, wasn't following the Lord, and it would just drag me right down, and it was really rough. Um, but I remember it got to that point where we, I said, you know, come to church, whatever. I just want you to start coming with me. And he point blank said to me, I'm never going to be the guy that brings your kids to church. And I saw a red flag go over him. And I just was like, it's okay, Lord. I'll save him. I'll get him there. It's fine. And I'm nobody's savior. None of us are saviors but Jesus. Amen. Um, But I went through a struggle of another couple years and really painful. And I'm so thankful for the worship team, my ministry, my leaders that spoke into me. And thank God, God ended that relationship because to be honest, I don't think I'd be here. I wouldn't be talking to you guys now if the Lord hadn't intervened and saved me from that because I would have settled. I would have um, not walked in my purpose and what the Lord has for me because I let a relationship dictate what my life was gonna be like. And we so easily do that in the, Lord, in the world because we want 
that void filled in our life. Um, so that was a big part of my testimony. And now I've been single 10 years, but it's been the most beautiful 10 years of my life because I've gotten to walk with the Lord and learn from him and be with him. Um, so being unequally yoked is a very difficult thing to do. And the Bible says to actually be not unequally yoked, be yoked together with someone that is on the same mission, uh, one accord, working together on what you, what you have, you know, go towards the Lord together. That one piece, if that one piece is broken, you can guarantee that everything else you do together is going to be jaded or going to be off kilter because you're not walking in that uh, authority that the Lord has as a, as a couple, as a household together. That's why marriage is so important. It's so strong to have together, but you have to be on the same page with that and that thing alone minimum. Right. So good. So good. Um, and, and just to add to that, I want to speak to the boyfriends that are here today in the house. Understand that dating is not a game. Dating is not a game. Dating is something that you have to take serious. And for me, saving up for that wedding ring was the best investment of my life. The greatest investment was, and, and the greatest, one of the greatest decisions was choosing that ring. Was, was wanting that ring, was wanting to ask Jenny that question. And understand that that opened so many doors for me in my life. You know, I always tell Jenny, I think all these times I've ever got promotion or something's ever worked out for me, I'm like, I know this is not my favorite. This is because I'm married to you. This is because God loves you so much and favors you so much that he's starting to open doors for me. Marriage brings such a blessing. You know, Pastor Ron told me when I started dating Jenny, I don't want to see you go past three years now. What, what's the point of doing that? What's the point of going five, seven, eight years? No, you don't want to set yourself up for temptation. And so we believe in the church that it should be no more than two years, no more than three years, because by then you should have already made a decision. And if you go past that, then you're just playing games. You're just, you're just waiting for temptation to grab you in the middle of the night. So understand that that will be the greatest investment of your life, saving up for that ring and, and even though I was nervous, I had a whole speech prepared and I didn't say anything of it because I was crying because I didn't believe that she actually said yes to me, right? But it's, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And when you do that, so many doors are going to open up for you. So if you have a girlfriend and you know that you love her, then you already know the answer. Save up for that ring and, and, and plan. Make sure it's special. Make sure it's special. Amen. Time, and time, what Davey's saying, is dangerous. Because we all have a flesh. And, you know, we say have um, a long friendship and then a short courtship. You know. Um, and some things that the world says so outrageous, you know, it, it's best to live together so you get to know one another. Well, you know, the facts are that, that, that People who live together have a 50%, 50% higher divorce rate than people who don't. Or, you know, the second marriage is, is better. I have some, some stats. It's, I tell you, you got to look up facts because some of the stuff you hear is, is crazy. First of all, it's against God's word. 42% of first marriages end up in divorce. It goes to show that broken people are still broken. You need the Lord to heal you before you enter, enter marriage. Yeah. 60% of second marriages end up in divorce. So second marriages do worse. Yeah. And 73% of third marriages end up in divorce. 
See, marriage isn't the end all. Jesus is the end all. And then marriage is a beautiful thing when you do it right with God. Amen. Intimacy outside of marriage is a no-no, you know. And, um, and living together. It's completely against the word of God. But it's the culture, you know. And you even hear people who are Christians sometimes saying, these things, because they don't know the Word. They don't know the Bible. But thank God we can learn the right way. So we don't have to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. God's ways always work. It's our ways that fail. God's ways always work. Let's do it His way. As a single, do it His way, and you'll be blessed. Um, And just to add to that, I think also just your family may not even understand why you're doing things the way you're doing. My family was very much like, you're not going to move in with him. You're not going to have sex with, like, these are real questions because like, how do you know Davy then? Well, Davy was my friend. Well, I know people that know Davy and we're committed to the same thing. So I trust the Lord that I know that when I make this commitment, it's not going to blow up in my face because I prepared in advance. Um, and honestly, it's a testimony to them to see like, it's not just a phase for her, right? Christianity is not a phase. Doing this dating thing like the way she does, it isn't just a phase. So um, I would just encourage you, even if it's hard against your family, like knowing that you're making that commitment before God and God will honor and see you through. Like Davey and I didn't have our careers together. We didn't have a billion dollars. Like we didn't have a lot of things together, but God works it out um, and continue to, to be faithful to him. But we're going to end with the last question is, how do I know if I'm ready to date? And anyone can take lead on this. It's a good question. Um, so I believe that you know that you're ready to date when you can be honest with yourself and ask yourself, am I putting God first in my life? And I think taking a humble approach to that question, meaning like really think maybe I'm not putting God first in my life and really ask God, seek God and, and, and knock, you know, ask, seek, knock, um, to know am I seeking God first, right? Because if that relationship, it has to be, like I said before, it has to be the first relationship. It's what everything, it's what the universe is centered on, you know? Um, And I was going to say something else. So um, I'll just pass it to you. (laughs) If you think of it, just take it out of my hand. Just take it. It's fine. Um, How do you know you're ready to date? That was the question, right? I don't think ever... I'll say it this way. I don't think we ever fully know if we're ready for the next season or what is to come next. I think we, we can feel like we are, but you could wait another 10, 20 years. I mean, how many promises in the Bible did they think, God, I'm ready for my promise, but God withheld it for a while, right? Um, but that's okay because God's timing is perfect. So really finding your identity in the Lord, I think is really the underlying theme we're saying in all of this in your seasons of life is to know who you are in Christ first. Um, let him heal you. Let him bring uh, wholeness, restoration. Let him woo you in that time. But, um, and when you feel like, you know what? Like, I'll be honest, I could be at a point in my life where I'm like, Lord, if I never marry, I'll be okay because I have the Lord and I'm good. I'm really good. And sometimes that's when the Lord brings a perfect person right next to you. So I don't think there's a, a perfect answer of knowing, oh, yep, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm great because none of us are perfect. Any, any marriage, any relationship, friendship, it takes work. 
Um, you're never fully perfect. We're all, you know, working to be better each day. But uh, in any season, it's knowing that um, the Lord is your number one priority because that's the best thing you can enter into a marriage with. So many times, especially women or girls, um, they get to a place where they're just desperate for a mate. And that's, they wake up thinking about it, they go to bed thinking about it, and they just can't get it out of their minds, and they're always looking, and they're striving so much to find that mate that they're losing themselves and who they are. It was spoken earlier about they're looking for someone to complete them, and they're just so dissatisfied and sad because they're not in the stage of life that they want to be in. And so that's where the Lord comes in, that you have to have Him as priority in your life. And you know, not allow that feeling of desperation to cloud your good judgment. Because when you're in a house and you're planted in the house of the Lord, like we said many times today, there is covering, there's people that love you, there's leaders that are looking out for your best interest. And um, so I just say, you're ready to date and you're desperate. Let's say, God, what, what in me is causing me to be so dissatisfied at where I am right now? I think one simple answer would be, if you're ready to get married, you're ready to date. Um, if, if the other way, flip the question, how do you know if you're not ready to date, right? Flip the question and say, if you know you're still broken, you're not ready to date. Um, guys, if you can't even buy yourself a hamburger, you're not ready to date. Right? Come on. Um, if, if you're constantly in need of a next person, a next date, a next, you're not ready to date. You're not ready to date. Um, because dating is serious. Dating is about marriage. Dating is about um, finding the person that God has for you. About a, uh, dating is about a forever commitment a covenantal promise, dating's about entering into a holy, holy sacrament. You know, we've lost all that, and that's why the world's in the place that it is. That's why there's so many broken lives. It's because this starting point was never done right, and it just so life ends up broken, 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 because it was started off broken. And so if we can get things right, and do things right, and not live by emotions and fear. I'm not going to have somebody. And we say, what does the word of the Lord say? I'm going to do and trust in God's word, and I'm going to have lots of people around me that love me, that have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to help me, and I want to do things right. And you will live your purpose, and, and you will live the life that God has for you, single or married. You can be happy. You can be happy. Single, you can be blessed. Married, you can be blessed. But I tell you, the starting point that we're talking about is so important. If you start wrong, it's hard. It's hard. So let's start right. Single, start right. Young adults tonight, come out. If you're young, come out tonight because it's going to be awesome. Get what you need. Don't repeat mistakes of the past. God has 
good things for your life. I just want to add one other thing. Some of the best advice that I got from our pastors was that if you do feel you're ready to date, write out a list of what you're looking for in a spouse. Not just physical attributes, their character, who they are as a person, um, how they handle money, how they handle family. Uh, write out a list. The, the Bible says to write, write down your thoughts, make it plain, and give it to the Lord. Uh, so they've encouraged many singles, and I know it's, it's been a true testament of writing it down and then pray over it. Pray the, the things that you want to look for in a spouse, and also that you're being that person too. You can't be like, I want this, I want this, but I... I'm not going to do those things. You know, make sure you're, you're being what you're also asking for in another person. But that's some of the best advice that I've gotten from them. And then pray over it if you really feel like you're ready to date. Good. Um, you know, another way that you could say that to know if you're not ready to date is if you are willing to risk it all. You're willing to risk the relationship with your family. You're willing to risk the relationship with your friends. You're willing to risk your, your salvation and your, your attendance going to church and being a part of the body, if you are willing to risk all that, then maybe you shouldn't date. Time and time again, the Bible, there's stories of great kings that allow their, their partner to come in with their different gods and their different cultures, and it turns them from a great king to a bad king. Understand that King Ahab in the Bible was one of the baddest kings, right? But he also was one of the kings, I think, only second to Solomon in terms of how much his kingdom has grown. But it stopped growing until when? Until he married the wrong person. Until yeah. he married Jezebel. So you need to understand that if you're willing to date, know that, hey, I'm, I'm ready to date, but I'm not ready just to risk it all just so I can get someone. Yeah. Okay, so you need, to, you need to understand that. And the second thing I want to say, if you're, if you're here today and you're married, and, and you you're already have a family and kids, and you're wondering, why is today's message so important to me? Here's why. You know, in this church, we don't just believe in matchmaking. We believe in building the kingdom and protecting the house of God. Not just with the four walls, but with the people. And so, men, if you're here today, and someone comes up and, and new in the church and is trying to get one of the women here, we have to protect them. You don't know how many times guys will come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Ron, I know his daughter's single. Can you put in a good word? I've had people show up to my house, to my very house, trying to get with some of the, some of the girls on our team. The answer is always the same. It's no. No. Are you even tithing? Do you even go to church consistently? Do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you even have a job? Are you right now driving your mom's car? Did you just drive your mom's car to my house asking? Doesn't make any sense. Years ago, I told myself, I'm going to protect the, these girls, these women. I'm not just going to let anyone come in, into the house and try to date them. And likewise, in reverse, women, if you, if you hear a girl saying, hey, I like that man. I, I like that usher over there. I know he's single. And you know their lifestyle is not, is not going to match their life. Why don't you protect them? Why don't you say, I, don't, I, I think maybe we should head to the altar first before you ask that usher out, okay? Can we do that together, church? Can we be on the same page? Can we have those same answers? So just to close us off, Pastor, do you have any last thoughts, advice, wisdom to give? Um, I drove a, a black Lincoln with a big trunk for many years. And I would threaten all, any guy that would try to come and get my daughter. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only kidding. But, um, you know, I would say everything that's been said today is, is wisdom from the Word of God. 
and it's and it's been lived and not just spoken about. We've all lived by these principles, and honestly, um, I think Lori said this that that we've seen great failures, and the failures come from disobeying God's word, and we've seen incredible successes, and that comes from obeying God's word. So God has given us the roadmap. You know, our our hope is that we can encourage one another along the path of life to live by this because because we all want to be blessed. Who doesn't want to be blessed? Who doesn't want to be happy? Who want to live a joyful life? Who doesn't at the end of their life say, you know, want to be able to say, you know, I've 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 fought the good fight, I run the race, and I'm ready to meet my maker, happy, content, and fulfilled. If we do this, it all works out. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.